What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Loose Balls Podcast. I'm Cole. With me, as always, is Peyton, and we've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the Eastern Conference in the NBA. We're going to preview every single team, talk about their offseason, talk about our expectations for the season, and then where we think we're going to finish in regards to the standings. And then later on, we'll recap the latest week from the NFL and preview a few games from this week for the NFL. Any first thoughts, Peyton, about NBA NFL from this past week? Not too many thoughts right now. I think we should probably just get into it. Let's do it. So let's start with a few signings, actually, and a few uh, transactions that's happened since we were last on the podcast. I want to start with Leangelo Ball. Leangelo Ball gets a Jello. little gets a little uh, contract with the Detroit, De- the worst team in basketball. But you he know, got a contract. You know what? He got a contract. He's got a little tryout and yeah, I the hope, PTO. PTO. Let's hope. <laughs> I want. I want to see him make the NBA. I want to see yeah. all the Ball brothers playing together. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be really. I cool. thought initially. I thought that Charlotte might give him like some kind of contract, whether it was two way or something, just because. You know, Melo got drafted there, and then but to get picked up by Detroit, they're a garbage team. It gives them a little attention, if nothing else, because they picked up the ball. So, true. I mean, if it works and he gets a spot, that's cool. If not, he'll probably play for their G League team this year. Maybe he'll get some opportunities in the NBA. We'll see where that goes. But mm-hmm. good for him either way to go from where he was to here now. You know, <laughs> from stealing in China to stealing basketballs in the NBA. Yeah. You'll love to see it. And then a couple big signings for the Lakers. LeBron gets a little two-year, $85 million extension. So this yeah. will... Put him through to what, like 39 or something? Think, like yeah, 38, 39 years old. And then his little teammate, Anthony Davis, gets the five-year max contract, mm-hmm. $190 million, well-deserved. That's another thing that just kind of tells me that... People know that Giannis is probably staying because they were thinking that Anthony Davis was going to wait on that and see what happens, and now he signed the full five-year max. So It's good for him to sign that max, too, because of his injury issues. Yes, absolutely. So if if anything, if he does, God forbid, get injured, he's, <laughs> he's got the money just like Clay does right now, yeah. thankfully. But, yeah, good for AD again, the max, and then... A nice little point guard swap between the Rockets and Wizards. This has been rumored for a couple weeks now. Yeah, but it's stalled out was what they said. And then just out of nowhere with no warning, it was like, no, this trade happened now. Straight so basically straight a, across the board, one extra first round pick, but it's pretty heavily protected. Yeah, so. it's like a 2023 first round pick. But yeah, yeah. Russ, and every year it gets less protected. And if it stays, it can go to all the way to a second or something. So... Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a weird one, but Rus- I Rus- I think the Wizards won that trade. Yes and no. I would honestly say the Rockets won that trade if the John Wall they get is the John Wall pre-injury. That is just me, but that is fair. But for me, I just think John Wall is a not as good version of Russell Westbrook and. He's ball dominant. James Harden's ball dominant. It's not gonna. James Harden, I don't think would want to play with John Wall. I think that James Harden probably still wants out of Houston. So it's gonna be interesting to see. 
But I think that, you know, Russ is with the Wizards is going to be the same Russ we always see. He's going to play hard. He's going to get his stats. He's going to win games. And they're going to be a playoff team in the East in some capacity. Whether they're a first round out or not, you know, I think they're a playoff team. It's also just whether or not Beal wants to play with another guy who's so ball dominant. Mm-hmm. But with all the stuff that came out, you know, Beal was saying he was so excited to have Wall back. But then you heard behind the scenes he was trying to get him traded. It it was a whole just mess. Yeah. Well, Russ is back in Washington with Scott Brooks, his old coach yeah. at OKC. John- he said there's a lot of familiar faces there for him because Scott Brooks has a lot of similar people around him. So mm-hmm. he feels kind of at home, which is nice to see. And then John Wall's reunited with Boogie Cousins. From good his Ken- best friend. Yeah, the Kentucky boys. If Being- those guys, if those two were in their prime with James Harden, that's a title team. That's a super team. But at this point, John Wall hasn't played in a year. Boogie gets hurt every time he steps on the court. Yeah. It's hard to say what's going to happen. And James Harden just becoming more and more of a diva by the second, it feels like. Yeah, I do like the trade across for both teams. If I had to choose a winner, I would say the Wizards because I think Wall is a more uh, he's more of a facilitator. He's more of a I guess comparing him to Russ, he's more willing to facilitate. And if the John Wall comes back, is the John Wall we've seen in the past? Then they could be a good team. Good team, probably honestly the same. I still think they're probably a second round out at best yeah, kind of thing. I would, so. I would agree with that. And then we'll see what happens in Washington. We'll talk about them mm-hmm. a little later on. But let's get going with our preview for the 2020-21 season with the Eastern Conference. We're just going to go in alphabetical order here. We'll start with the Atlanta Hawks, who went 20-47 and 47 mm-hmm. last season. I think that's probably going to change. Yeah, finishing 14th in the Eastern Conference, made a bunch of additions as we've talked about. Rondo, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Okongwu in the draft. They Chris didn't re- Dunn. <laughs> Chris Tuntru. They didn't really lose anyone either. Jeff Teague, DeAndre Bembry, a couple yeah. small depth pieces. and Teague isn't great, but you replace Teague with Rondo. I'd probably rather have Rondo. So, I mean... At this point, yeah. Bembry doesn't really play. Like, he's, he's a shooting guard that can't shoot. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to go anywhere with that. <laughs> well, this team definitely has good depth pieces now compared to yeah. before. Before, it was just a bunch of young guys getting the opportunity to play. They're still yeah. learning... The game of basketball. Yeah, I think this team could easy go 10 deep now on their bench like without a real issue because they have young players that are still getting better along with these guys that they signed. So yeah. they could go 11 or 12 deep potentially. They're they're pretty deep now, which is what they need they, if they want to try to push with Trey Young, you know? so They could go with a different combo of starters too. Like you can slot in Bogdanovich, Gallinari in the starting lineup, or mm-hmm. you can easily slot them to the bench and throw guys in like Herder, Hunter, Reddish, even Reddish, if, even uh, yeah, Herder, Herder too. Um, even Okongwu, if yeah, if he progresses, you could slide him in for Capella, depending on what's going on. They've got yeah. some options there, that's for sure. I think Okongwu will, prob- will probably come off the bench just because they have Collins and Capella, and those are pretty solid starters. But I could definitely see him getting into starting role at some point. Whether or not, I think the question for them is whether or not they keep Capella all the way through this year, mm-hmm. or they move him out, which, either way, I still think that they're 
fighting for a playoff spot for sure in the East. Yeah. Like, there's no... The East is slowly starting to get better, but this Hawks team can make the playoffs for sure. Oh, for sure. I know you've ranked some of these Eastern Conference teams based on their tiers. Where do you see them finishing this season? Um, or? I saw them as like... I kind of ranked the teams into five tiers of three teams and how good they were. I had the Hawks in like the third tier, finishing about about probably ninth and being in that play-in tournament. Um, I could see them finishing higher than that, but I think that they're still young, and I think that unless Trey Young can figure out how to not shoot 80 times a night, they still won't be that great team that they're kind of striving to be, but I think that they're probably going to be one of those four teams in the play-in tournament wherever they finish. Yeah, I could see them finishing as high as seven, maybe. I think seven would be my cap for them, and as yeah. low as, like, ten. Somewhere in that play-in range yeah. is, I think... I think that's exactly yeah. where they slot in this year. For sure. The one thing they need to improve on this year, for sure, is their defense. They were mm-hmm. last in defensive efficiency yesterday. Or last year, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, obviously, Trayon's not. I mean, I think that's a good why defender. They, yeah, no, he's not. I think that's why they go out and they get Rajon Rondo, Chris Dunn. Like those are two tenacious defenders. Okongwu in the draft, he was the best defensive player in the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gallinari and Bogdanovich, not so much defensively, but you still got to find good players, and they found a couple good players. So. Even if they're not the best defensively, they they added so much depth. And you know, defense can be so much energy sometimes that if you have extra players that can just come in and give you defensive minutes, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Absolutely. So. so yeah, I think we both agree they'll be in that least play-in range for coming in the playoffs, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But from Atlanta, let's move on to the Boston Celtics who... Come off an Eastern Conference Finals appearance, losing six to the Miami Heat. Not an active offseason. They bring in a couple of veterans off the bench. Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson. They draft Aaron Naismith. Yeah. And all they really lost. They lost Hayward, but... Well, uh, he nothing. didn't play much, though. Yeah. Like, even in the bubble, he didn't play in the playoffs, like, really. Yeah. And no, they still yeah. were almost in the finals, so... I don't really look at that as a huge loss. No. I look at it as more of a win that they just got that contract off the books. Yeah, not yeah, not the end of the world, I was going to say. They lose Wanamaker and Cantor as well, a couple other depth pieces, but those were quickly... I mean, they fill it with Pritchard, Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, and I think the one thing I want to talk about with Boston is, obviously, Kemba Walker, it's been announced he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the regular season. I think he's going to miss the first couple weeks at Mm -hmm. least he's still nursing that knee injury that was bugging him all of last year going dating back to the all-star break uh he was obviously not his self in the bubble he'd have flashes but just wasn't his consistent self not having him at the beginning beginning is gonna definitely hurt them a little bit but as long as he can get healthy eventually and he's there he's there with them this team's got NBA Finals potential. They've got the basically mm-hmm. the same starting five as last year, and basically the same bench minus yeah the couple additions on there. Yeah, I I have them in like my my top tier of the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't think 
I, uh, I think they could. They have NBA Finals and championship potential. They do. But I think that there's a couple teams that I would take over them at this point. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the year the Celtics were lifting the Larry O'Brien. It really wouldn't shock me. But I think that if I had to pick a team, I wouldn't be picking the Celtics. Yeah, they've got their uh, their top two players, Brown Tatum, locked up till at least 2024-2025. So they've got this window here, at least with them. Just got to bring in some pieces that work around them. Brad Stevens is an unbelievable head coach. They're top five in offense and defensive efficiency last year, which is a very rare thing to do in the NBA. It's extremely tough. Usually it's polar opposites. you got to good offensive team then your defense maybe suffers as a result but Mm -hmm. brad knows how to get the best out of these players and i think anything outside of an i'd say if they do not make the nba finals this year i'd say it would be a disappointment of a season in my opinion because Mm -hmm. they they had a perfect opportunity last year i I thought i thought they were gonna win that series in six or seven and Miami came in and really he took their will away in the first couple of games and mm-hmm. that's that's something that's hard to do against Boston is really take their will away and Boston if there's one year they can definitely make the finals or make some more noise it's definitely this year cuz they've got they've got the talent around them Tatum's a Top two, top three player in the Eastern Conference, arguably, with Giannis and Bede. Yep, could be. And this is their this is their chance. They've yeah. but it's it's not gonna be an easy road to say the least, but no. I think they need to take another step this year in their uh in this little window they have with their young talent. Yeah. But Yeah. I, I it's tough because they're so good, but in my in my like predictions, I uh, I had them getting bounced in the second round just because I like I said I think there's two teams in the East that are better than them, and I think that they like I said they have the potential to be a finals team, but I just I, you got this Nets team coming back with so much firepower and the Bucks just added so much extra firepower mm-hmm. and Boston didn't really do anything. So yeah. it's just, it's hard for me to think that they're going to be able to beat either of those teams right now, in my opinion. Yeah. It'll, it'll like I said, it's going to be a gauntlet up there for the Eastern conference, but Boston's got, got the potential to make some noise this year again. And I think this could be a year they can definitely barring injuries obviously mm-hmm. they can make a big run for sure but now let's go to the Brooklyn Nets who had a very up and down year last year so many injuries they end up finishing 35 and 37 they get the seven seed in the east which is a massive credit to that team and that coaching staff yeah they get swept in the first round well, no surprise there but last year they took a big step forward with KD missing the whole year, Kyrie basically missing yeah. the vast majority of the year, and now and they, half their players didn't even come to the bubble. They had to sign a bunch of guys, and they yeah. still went there. Karis LeVert looked like a superstar or a budding superstar at the very least. Yeah, that was the one 
That was the one shining positive for the He was being Nets. double teamed every single game and still putting up close to 30 points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't really add much in the offseason. They added what they could. They got a couple shooters, Landry Shamit and uh, Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. They didn't really lose anyone, just a couple death pieces that were there with them in the bubble on those mm-hmm. one-year deals. But now it's the KD Kyrie show. Yeah. And you've mentioned it. This team has probably... This is their championship or bust. That's their mentality. This, this, they might no have one. the highest ceiling in yeah. the Eastern Conference, arguably, with the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, they're my pick for the Eastern Conference this year. I know it's risky because we haven't seen KD in over a year. Kyrie was in and out with injuries last year, but I I think fully healthy, this team shouldn't lose. I think that they might not finish first in the Eastern Conference because the Bucks are a very good regular season team, and they probably won't play too terribly hard in the regular season. They're a veteran team. They yeah. usually play hard enough to get 2-3 seed, but don't need to give it all they have um but i think they're going to come out of the east and i think that KD really wants to you know establish himself this year oh yeah he's talking he about says it. that you know he says sometimes that he feels like he has nothing to prove because he already won titles but i feel like he's deep down feels like he has something to prove away from the warriors and that's why he left mm-hmm. so my next chapter <laughs> my next chapter with the brooklyn nets and with that, Steve Nash is also the new head coach there. It's yeah. basically a new coaching staff. Amari Stoudemire is on the coaching staff as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take time for this team to get some chemistry. I'm not sure how Steve Nash wants to run this system. I'm going to assume it's going to be a heavy dose of pick and roll and iso ball with Duran and Irving when when they get those mismatches. And I mean, I'll, if it's uh, anything the, like the way Steve Nash played, it's going to be fast-paced transition offense. Probably mm-hmm. revolving around Katie and Kyrie. Yeah. So, and I mean, that could be really, really good for this team. Yeah, and they've got some good death pieces here. Karis Levert, Joe Harris. Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. That's they a- have a lot of good pieces on this team. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some people think of this team as just Katie and Kyrie, but they have a lot of depth on this team that people yeah. don't know about. They do. Landry Shamit is another great pickup. Jeff Green is another great pickup. Those guys will play significant minutes on this team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I just I can't see them losing. I can't. I could see them losing to the Bucks, but I just think that Durant and Kyrie against Giannis is just going to be a little too much. I hope Durant comes back and just puts on a show. And people have been saying his teammates have been saying other. Players have been saying like he's he's back, and I think it, a lot of people forget just how good Kevin Durant is at basketball. He was averaging what like almost thirty five points a game in the playoffs yeah. before he injured his calf and Achilles tendon. Yeah. Like he was he was the best player in the playoffs. He came back on a bum leg against Toronto and made that entire team look bad defensively for the ten minutes that he played before yeah. he blew his Achilles. Yeah, for sure. But this is uh, another team, one with Boston. They've got NBA Finals potential. I yeah. think anything outside of a not an NBA Finals appearance is a disappointment for yeah. this team, just with all the talent they have. 
And now we're going to go to a team with a lot less talent than the Brooklyn Nets. The Charlotte Hornets coming off a 23-42 record, finishing 10th in the conference. Only one, I guess two major pickups, Hayward and drafting LaMelo Ball. Mm. They drop a tomb. They get off that horrid contract yeah. that they gave him. But really, it's a new era in uh, in, in Charlotte. Charlotte yeah. They've got all this youth, and then they sprinkle in a, a veteran with Gordon Hayward. So it'll be interesting to see how Hayward fits in with all this youth. You've got LaMelo Ball. you got Devontae Graham, P.J. Washington. Miles Bridges. Malik Monk. Malik Monk. Terry Rozier, too, is there. Yeah, Terry Rozier. Vernon Carey is another guy they drafted this year. He was a very highly touted prospect. He just doesn't really fit in today's NBA because he can't shoot, but mm-hmm. he's still a good player. He's yeah. a really solid big man. They have a lot of young talent. They're like they're going to be a very like interesting team to watch. People might actually pay attention to Charlotte this year because they have a lot of interesting things with Lamelo and Hayward, and mm-hmm. it's just... It's going to be, they're going to be a fun watch. I think they're probably going to finish right around where they finished last year in about 10th place, but it, it's still going to be exciting. Well, for sure. They were the worst offensive team last year. Like, yeah. They were last in points per game. They had the worst pace in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And bringing in LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, two good offensive players, that's going to really mm-hmm. help them because now you got a facilitator, you've got a guy who can put up 20 or did put up 20 back yeah. when he was borderline all-star in Utah. Mm-hmm. He was an all-star, I think, once in Utah. I can't so, remember. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not what he used to be, but no, that's an injury. You know, I I also really like Steve Clifford as a the coach there. Like, I think they're... I believe he's the coach there. Is no. he the coach in Orlando now? That's Orlando. Uh, who's the coach? I can't remember who the coach for it Charlotte is, is now. James Borrego, I James think. Borrego, right. Former Spurs assistant Former coach. Spurs. Oh, I mean... No wonder they were slow and good on defense. He's a Spurs assistant. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what Charlotte does. I I have them, for my predictions, as a borderline 10th place, mm-hmm. ninth place team, I making think, it into that play. Yeah, I think they're going to finish 10th and probably... I think I had them finishing 10th and, you know, getting bounced out of that play-in. But, I mean... Even if they finish 10th again this year, because of the play-in, there's some excitement there. Yep. And, you know, there's always a chance they win two games, they get in the playoffs. Even if they did, they'd get stomped by whoever they played, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it would probably be Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, one of those teams, and they're not going to stand a chance, but it still creates some some buzz in Buzz City. (laughs) So I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say LaMelo Ball is going to be the rookie of the year. That is my early prediction. I think he's got the pieces around him to he's gonna he's gonna get his stats, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people look at stats and be like, okay, that yeah, like that's usually what people look at first is the stats, and mm-hmm. then you watch watch the player. And I think Lamelo's gonna be a very good facilitator on that team. He's gonna do everything you ask him to do. Mm-hmm. As long as he can improve well, his I think, shooting and scoring. then Yeah, I think Devontae Graham will slot in great just right beside him. I think he's mm-hmm. a very easy player to play with. Um, it gives Malik Monk an opportunity to just take a step back because he hasn't been great in his time. 
yeah. there. Um, you but, know, you still have Miles Bridges, you have PJ Washington, you have Gordon Hayward, you have Cody Zeller, who, yeah, he shouldn't have been the fourth pick, but he's been a really <laughs> solid player his entire time there. So yeah. they have good pieces on the team. It's just going to be about development. Mm-hmm. This team is this is a developing year, and if they get that experience in that playing tournament, mm-hmm. great. That big game feel. Exactly. And let's move on to another young team. The Chicago Bulls coming off a 22-43 season, finishing 11th in the Eastern Conference. Wasn't really an active offseason for them. They they add Noah Vonley, Garrett Temple. They Mm -hmm. obviously go off the board and get Patrick Williams in the NBA draft and didn't really lose anyone besides Chris Dunn. But... I guess their biggest addition, honestly, was Billy Donovan as the new head coach, mm-hmm. and that was that was something Chicago was hoping for that Jim Boylan would fuck off out of there because it, Jim Boylan was literally had no respect of any of the players. Like I, I don't or any. Coaches. It was a mess. It was a mess there with Jim Boylan. Yeah, it was. A, it was a mess there with Fred Hoiberg too. I mean, like they mm-hmm. they haven't had a good coach in a while and Billy Donovan is a good coach he arguably could have won coach of the year last year so I mean Mm -hmm. it's uh it's definitely uh it's gonna be interesting this is another like Charlotte a young team yeah a lot of young pieces fire to project starting lineup it would be Kobe White Zach Levine unfortunately Otto Porter Jr. Markinen and Wendell Carter. Yeah. yeah. And then off the bench. You don't really have a good bench, though. That's the only problem. You have yeah. Saturansky, eh. Garrett Temple, eh. Patrick uh, Williams. Felicio. <laughs> Felicio, big body. <laughs> Most useless player on that <laughs> team. Uh, yeah, yeah, they don't have a lot of depth at the moment. So that might be something they have to look at for mm-hmm. the future, depending on how these guys... They progress. Yeah, I I can't see this team even making that top ten and making the. I it's I think their cap is about absolute max, probably about eleven. Yeah. I, I just I can't see them being better than any of those teams that are fighting for that. I think that they'll finish about twelve, maybe, and it'll be about the same as last year. And Billy Donovan is just going to be trying to establish culture this year, and then they're going to keep trying to build through the draft. Maybe mm-hmm. through free agency a little next year, start doing what the Hawks are doing this year, but following it up the next year, I guess. So, yeah, the, I, I just I, I, I like what the Bulls are doing. You can tell that they're trying to build this slowly, but it's not going to be their year this year, that's for sure. No, definitely not. I'd hide a high end for me. I think they could be a 10 seed and sneak into that play in that play in tournament. Uh, they're, I think, my number one concern for them outside of Billy Donovan creating that new culture is going to be their health mm-hmm. because Markinen's missed some games over the past year or so. Carter's missed a bunch of games. Porter has always hurt. Porter's always hurt. Uh, I think those are the only players that really get hurt, but those are yeah. two key I think Levine pieces. had one major injury, but other than that, he's stayed pretty healthy. Yeah. If they can keep Levine around, he's excellent. That's like That's the most important thing is keeping Levine in Chicago as long as you can. Yeah, and if he plays well, then maybe maybe throw his name out there and see what you can get in a trade. You never know. If he's mm-hmm. playing at a high level, if he's, he's a knockdown three-point shooter, he's athletic freak of nature. If if he's playing well, I wouldn't be afraid to just put his name out there and see what 
offers you get the other way because this team is building for the future and mm-hmm. it, you can add some maybe draft picks or assets like OKC's been doing, then one hurts, but kind of depends on where they're at Yeah, come, come deadline. And I think they're probably in more of a position to, if they were close to a a playoff spot, they might be more of a buyer just because they do have some young talent now and they probably want to get better. I can't see them being a seller and getting rid of any of their big pieces at this point just because no. they've been in the basement for so long now, you want to start trying to... I mean, since Jimmy Butler left, they've just been terrible. Yeah. So, even when Jimmy Butler was there, like, he was carrying a bad team. So, it's hard to... It's hard for them to say, oh, let's just keep stockpiling assets when you haven't been good for so long. Mm-hmm. So, we'll definitely see where they are around that mid-season point. But, yeah, I just... I, I, I'd see them as, like... Somewhere in the 10 to 13 range, maybe. Yeah. Not going to be higher than that. No, they're... This, yeah, this is a team definitely building for the future. It's another developing team, same way Charlotte is. They just don't have as much talent, I would say. No. From one developing team to another now, we go to the Cavaliers, who had 19 wins last year. Mm -hmm. Worst team in the conference. They didn't really do much this offseason. They get Okoro at the fifth spot, and then only loss was really Tristan Thompson. And there's a lot of questions on this team. They're they've got a heavy backcourt. They've got a lot of players up back there. Got a lot of young guys there. They've got two veteran big men. Kevin Love's actually on yeah. a three-year, ninety-one million dollar contract right now. So that's going to be really tough if they want to trade it to get it out of there. I don't know what their plan is with Love or Drummond. I could definitely yeah. see them. I think Drummond's just going to be playing out as last year. Maybe somebody will pick it up if they're you know needing a big man who will rebound, but he'll probably just play this year out in Cleveland and then hit the market. Yeah, this is a uh, this is another young team. Like they'll be the fourteenth, fifteenth. Honestly, yeah. they're no, not. They're in a they're in a bad spot. I ha- I think I had them finishing thirteen, um, but. I, they're not in a good spot. You know, they'll win a few games just off the talent of Kevin Love and Andre Drummond if those guys are playing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Colin Sexton has been somewhat of a bust. Um, and t- at least in terms of a point guard, he doesn't facilitate nearly <laughs> enough. I think he averaged two assists a game, which as a starting point guard, you just can't yeah. do. I've heard Rublin's last year, too, that some veterans were frustrated with the way he was playing. He was being a ball-dominant player, wasn't yeah. getting teammates involved, and obviously that's going to frustrate players. And yeah. um, But I like Darius Garland. I like Isaac Okoro. I think they reached on him a little bit, but I do like him as a player. You know, they they have some pieces. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., I believe, is on that team as well. He's another good piece. Yep. Uh, they have good young pieces in that backcourt. They're just trapped somehow a team this bad with that many young players is kind of trapped in cap hell right now because yeah. of those two terrible contracts so yeah but th- i think they're a bottom tier team they're gonna finish somewhere in that 13 to 15 range probably yeah. bottom, they're not making the playoffs that's for sure bottom five team in offense defense last year yeah i don't really see that changing unless sexton and that backcourt just start going to town yeah. on offense, but I don't see anything changing there either. That's a that's a 
could be lot could be worse team in the conference if we're being honest. But they'll, yeah. they'll I definitely... can't see anyone finishing worse than Detroit, but it's possible. <laughs> Good segue right into <laughs> the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons. All of 20 wins last year, but very active offseason. Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Julia Okafor, DeLon Wright, they got via that yeah. big trade. They draft three players in the first round, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bey. So Josh Jackson as well. True. They got Josh Jackson in free agency. Yeah, they picked up a lot of players. And they lead, and yeah. Leangelo Ball. Can't forget. True, Leangelo <laughs> He's going to lead them to the one seed in the East. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then Christian Wood, Luke Kennard, the players that they lost. Luke Kennard, yeah. Losing Christian Wood kind of sucks, but I get that they didn't want to pay him when you already yeah. paid Jeremy Grant $20 mil a year. So. Very heavy front court. A mm-hmm. lot of players had the 4-5 when you have Blake Griffin there yeah. and you've got all this The Plumlee depth. pickup was a little weird to me. I mean, I think he'll probably start with Blake, but... Yeah. Because I, I don't think they want to start Isaiah Stewart right off the bat, so he'll probably come off the bench, and then you'll have, you know, Derrick Rose is still there. Yep. I don't know if that means they're just going to wait on Derrick Rose, keep Killian Hayes on the bench, maybe. I think they'll start DeLon right at the shooting guard. At the two? Yeah, that's what I... Actually, yeah. They don't really have any other options at the no. two at this point. Jeremy Grant probably sliding at the three, at the three really, well, yeah. really well. That could He's be... not the best for an offensive player at the three, though. And then you got defensive player in Plumlee, defensive player in Grant. You got a guy who in Blake thinks he can shoot but can't really shoot. You got, you know, Derrick Rose can't shoot. <laughs> they don't have a lot of shooting on this team. DeLon Wright can shoot a little bit, but not enough. Yeah. So that's what it seems to be the issue here is they need to work on maybe getting some shooters on this team, which I guess shipping out Luke Kennard, not the greatest if you don't have any shooters, but they're clearly just in full-on rebuild mode. They chalked this year already. They're trying to potentially get the number one pick, get Cade Cunningham or something like that. Yeah. They're going to be knows? the worst team in the Eastern Conference. That I think they're going to be the worst team in the league, which gives them that one and four shot at... Yeah. They're going to be in that bottom four, at the very least, getting that one and four yeah, shot at the number sure. one pick. So I think the most interesting story going into this season for the Detroit Pistons is not only Killian Hayes and what his role is going to be on the team, but Blake Griffin's situation, his health. I'm sure his name's going to be out there on the market to try and get some assets back. I can't see Blake being overly excited about what is going on right now in Detroit? I think he's no. at a point where he wants to win. I can't imagine they would get much back for him either, just based off of his contract. Yeah. So they might be able to get like a first round pick kind of thing, but they're not going to get too much for a guy like Blake, just based off of his injury history and his contracts. But he'll be a guy that contenders are looking at, buyers are looking at for sure come deadline. Yeah. So especially for some for some depth. Mm-hmm. It'd be better if he was obviously if he was obviously uh, yeah. at the end of a contract, but he's not. I think he's still got a couple years left on that. That max deal he signed, I think it's yeah. like thirty five mil a year or yeah. something. So it's it's pretty big. Hasn't turned out that great, and I feel for Blake Griffin though because he was at the top in L.A. and then gets traded, and now his knees are. Yeah, his knees are gone. It's tough when you're such a hyper athletic player like Blake is, and then you lose that potential of athletic ability, and it 
just he's not the same player he was for sure but no hopefully he can find some kind of magic in Detroit this year maybe get traded onto a better team cuz I do like Blake Griffin it's sad to see him like this but yeah we'll see, we'll see what happens well yeah we'll see what happens for sure Detroit have fun this year yeah tank bowl we'll see if Leangelo gets a gets a shot with them <laughs> and now let's go to Talk about the Indiana Pacers coming off that an interesting team. Yeah, get swept by Miami in the first round. Didn't really add anyone or lose anybody no. in the off season. It's basically they didn't do anything. It's the same team, exact same <laughs> team. I the big question for me is which Victor Oladipo are you going to get this yeah. year? Is he going to be committed to this team? Is he going to be healthy? Does he want to trade? So all that speculation, he's denied it over yeah, and over he says he again. he wants to be there. I don't know, honestly, if he wants truly wants to be there. He's, I mean, this, he's got one year on his contract, so he'll have an opportunity to sign there if he really does want to be there. Mm-hmm. And then, outside of Olin Depot, you do have Ty, or TJ Warren, who had an unreal bubble, averaged 30 points a game. Brogdon was a really good piece last year. He was he was worth the, the money in free agency last year. He mm-hmm. very, played very well. And then they got a, uh, I think his name's Nate Bjorkren from the Raptors, new assistant mm-hmm. or new head coach, yeah. former Raptors That's assistant good coach for sure. They were a top five defensive team last year because of they got Miles Turner and Sabonis out out in the front court, and yeah, it's really the same team, honestly. It's, like you it's said, it's the same team. I I have them finishing eighth, right in the middle of the conference. Yeah, I think that's just. I know they finished fifth this year, but I just I see them as that right middle of the pack team, and I I just I, I there's not a lot to say about Indiana. Like they haven't done a lot. They are the exact same team. They changed coaches, which even that I question because Nate McMillan's a good coach, but. Apparently they wanted a change, but they didn't want to change the team at all, so they just changed the coach. Yeah. It's it's an interesting situation in Indiana. Don't Very know what Larry Bird's doing over there, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was I going to say about Indiana? Um, I don't know if they're going to finish eighth. I could see them finishing a little higher than that, like a six, a six spot. It's the same team. I'm not sure what Nate's going to bring... Or Nick Bjorkren's going to bring to the Pacers as regards to the system. I don't know if it's going to stay the same or mm-hmm. not. I'm not sure what to expect from Oladipo. If we get the Oladipo from his most improved player year, then awesome. Hopefully, yeah. you get the Sabonis from last year, who was an All Star. Yeah, he didn't he, he got injured early in the bubble, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was going to say something else about the Pacers. Now it's. That thought is gone. Uh, can't remember. <laughs> Sounds like Indiana, though. Yeah. Not much really to talk about with Indiana, honestly. No. Honestly, this is a team that you're gonna get what you're gonna get with Indiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, I now remember. Last time they won a playoff game, Paul George was there. Mm. I think it was 2016 when that Raptors series. They got yeah. they got swept 2017 by the Cavs. Yeah, they got swept by the Celtics. Or no, they nope. They took the the Cavs to seven in 2018. Now I yeah, remember. Yeah, they did. That. Which they could have won that series. 
They probably should have yeah, won that series for Kevin being Love on. saved them in that game seven. True. When Braun went out with that injury. Yeah. Yeah, they could have won that series. Yep, for sure. But they did get swept by Celtics two years ago, I believe, and then last year they got swept again. So, yeah. I mean, those last two years, I think they've had injuries both of those years going into the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to say. If they could stay healthy, I don't think they'd be getting swept all the time. No, but they're kind of cursed to that extent. They get hit with such unfortunate injuries yeah. at the worst time possible. If Sabonis was there last year, I don't know if, if they would have changed the outcome of the series, yeah. but it would have made it. You know, Oladipo was there, but it's not like he was fully healthy i don't think so or fully committed yeah so it's uh it's they're an interesting team i just it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see them just run it back and try to do it again but i i can't see that working out that well for them no i i think they're first round out at best yeah. like i don't think they're winning a playoff series no not a playoff series i think they'll finish like a six seven seed for sure mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens let's go to the miami heat coming off that NBA Finals loss. That magical run. <laughs> magical run. Kind of a quiet offseason as well. Mm-hmm. They lose Crowder, but they bring in Avery Bradley. They draft Precious Achua. And the big question this year is, can they, live, can they live up to the hype? Yeah. I don't know if they can live to the hype just based on the talent now in the Eastern Conference. It's mm-hmm. I can see them finishing as a 4-5 seed yeah, again, again this year. Yeah, I have them in that 4-5 slot again. And I think if it's not a bubble, I can't see them, you know, doing what they did and beating a team like a Milwaukee or a, a Brooklyn or something like that in a second round playoff series. So I yeah. think that they're probably a second round out this year at best, if not getting bounced in the first round. It'll be whoever they. It depends who they play in the first round, obviously. I think they can probably get through the first round and then they're going to run into a juggernaut and probably go down. Yeah. But. It doesn't mean I don't think they're a great team, and it doesn't mean I don't think they deserve to be in the finals this year, but... Yeah, they're a well-coached team. Yeah, they're just not... I I still just can't get my arms fully around them. Yeah. As a championship team. I'm with... I'm totally with you on this. I cannot see them doing the same thing as last year. I do not see them making the Eastern Conference Finals again. I think that was bubble magic. Yeah, that was one of the... That was like a... I wouldn't say it was a Denver run, but they were a good they were a good team. Mm-hmm. Very good team. Butler showed out. Robinson and Hero are two very good players. Hopefully going into their sophomore years they uh they improve. Mm-hmm. They don't get into that sophomore slump. Slump. But I yeah, feel that it's pretty much the same team as last year, minus Jay Crowder. I think they do have yeah. a they do have a weakness at the four spot. I that's think that's that. why they drafted Precious Achiwa, but he can't really just fill that role no. immediately as a rookie and a late round rookie at that, right? Yeah. So unless they want to go small and put like Olenek in there or put yeah. in uh, Myers Leonard, but or Mo Harkless too can fit. Yeah, Mo Harkless was. A, I mean, you lose Jay Crowder, you pick up Bradley and Harkless to kind of fill his minutes. I think. Yeah, and then you still have Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek who. Especially Kelly Olenek, I really like as a player, as like a bench player. I don't think yeah. he'd be the best starter, but can't forget they, about, they still have a good team. Can't forget about Kendrick Nunn either. Mm-hmm. He had a he down down bubble. Yeah, he barely played in the bubble. It was, he had Corona before the yeah. bubble, and then he just Corona. Yeah, he played. I remember watching the game when they were playing the Raptors. He was like one for ten or something like that, and then yeah. he got benched in the second half for Drogic, and that's. Basically, the game he yeah. lost all his 
playing time. We had time. a couple flashes in the bubble where we were like, this is the Kendrick Nunn we saw earlier in the year, but then mm, he thought he, he was had rookie, some... He thought he was Rookie of the Year. I but... mean, he was the very clear third for Rookie of the Year behind <laughs> yeah. Morant and Williamson. Like, I, I mean... I don't think he was rookie of the year, but I don't think you can put him any lower than three. So he did have a good rookie year. Oh, yeah. Um, c- considering he was, I believe he was undrafted, played a year yep. in the G League, and then you come out and you play that well for a team that made the finals. Like, you got another undrafted player, Duncan Robinson, from yeah. your, yeah. your boys. Michigan boys. <laughs> Unreal. That's a, that's a guy who went to a Div 3 school. Yeah, and then went to Michigan, and then went undrafted, went to the G League. Like he is, his story is unbelievable. Yeah, he just keeps proving people wrong, and you know I love it. He's like because he's my Michigan boy, yeah. but he's like a JJ Redick. Yeah, I know honestly, crying off those screens that like you can't give him any space. And no, you can't give him any space. He'll hit everything if so, you give him an yeah, inch he's space. On, he's unreal. And now let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, a very disappointing season last mm-hmm. year, losing the second round to the Miami Heat. Busy offseason. We yes. talked about who they've added Holiday, Augustine, Portis, Bryn Forbes, Tory Craig. They trade Bledsoe and George Hill out of there, but they basically fill those holes with Holiday and Augustine, which is yeah. a massive upgrade, which <laughs> makes them automatically makes them way better than last yeah. year. But Really, going into this season, it's not. It's it's going to be about Giannis. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, is he going to sign that supermax, or is he going to play out this year and see what happens? Yeah. And I, I think Milwaukee or Milwaukee is praying to God he signs that yeah. supermax because if he leaves next year and you have all those picks that are gone, and now you're left with a mediocre team. Yeah. Then this is a big year. We'll see if Giannis can handle not just the pressure from the media, because they're going to be asking him every single night, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, he's going to get the Kevin Durant treatment. LeBron treatment. LeBron, Kyrie, they all got it, and their contract years every interview. So are you going to sign that contract? Are you going to stay? What's the deal with free agency? And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to give the same answer those guys did every night, which is I'm just playing out the season. (laughs) This is is a title or bust. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is a... if they don't make the finals, they're they're gonna feel upset about it. I they're gonna be in the conference finals. I think it's them and the Nets in the conference finals, and one of those teams goes to the NBA finals. But mm-hmm. I I just I think that I still think that they have some kind of handshake agreement with Giannis about the contract, or they wouldn't have traded all those picks if they just went out on a limb. That's honestly I don't blame them because you have to do everything you can to try to keep him around. Yeah. As a team in Milwaukee, you're not a free agent destination. You were lucky enough to pick him 15th, and that was a stretch at the time. They He was supposed to be like a second-round pick, I think. Oh, yeah. So it was... Uh, they just had this kid fall into their lap, one of the greatest draft picks of all time. So yeah. you want to try to keep him around, and you got to do everything you can to do that. How's this starting lineup sound? Drew Holiday... You could probably fit either DJ Augustine or Dante DiVincenzo in there as well at the two. Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. Yeah. That's a damn good lineup. Then you've got... I'd argue you could probably put Connaughton in there too. Yeah. I was going to say, you've got some depth pieces like Connaughton there. You've got Bryn Forbes, Tory Craig. Just a few small depth pieces, but they mm-hmm. do their job well and... We will see what happens with this Milwaukee team. They are going to be the biggest question mark in 
the Eastern Conference as to yeah. It's basically a teller bust, like we said, and yeah. I think they're going to finish first in the East yeah. again. They they do it every yeah. year in the regular season, so Pretty, they'll yeah. have home court. They'll actually have home court advantage this time. It won't be a bubble, so well, hopefully it won't be a bubble. Depending but. on if fans are allowed yeah. in there too, because that fans make a difference that in the true. playoffs. They make a big difference whether you want to think that or not. Yeah, they really do. Let's talk about oh the New York Knicks. Uh, I don't have much about the New York Knicks. Just they're not going to finish last because the Pistons are in the East. That's what? pretty much what I have to say. Yeah, about they're the not going to make that playing tournament. They're <laughs> but they're probably going to finish 14th in the East. Yeah, probably. 13th. Unless R.J. Barrett takes a huge step, which I would love to see. Yeah. But even then, they don't have a lot of pieces around him. You know, you have Julius Randle, who's way overpaid. You have hopefully Obi Toppin. I think Obi Toppin could be Rookie of the Year just based off the fact that he's. You know, big, strong, man body, 22 already. He's going to get minutes. He's going to get stats. Yeah. So, you know, they have young players that can contribute, but, like, they're just not there yet. They don't have a point guard. Unless Dennis Smith can go back to being the Dennis Smith of the Dallas days. Yeah. Which it just seems like he he's just regressing, and he's only, what, 23? And he's just becoming yeah. a worse player. I don't see him having a big role in this team at all, honestly. I think... Frank oh. Nidalekina or Alfred Payton are going to get the most. Austin minutes. Rivers is going to get some minutes. And Rivers. They have so many point guards yeah. on this team, and none of them are really that good. Yeah. <laughs> Thibodeau's the new guy in uh, New York. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't play his guys 45 minutes Yeah, Thibodeau's going to run probably Randall, Barrett, maybe even Obi Toppin pretty ragged. They're going to get a and shit ton of minutes. And Mitch Robinson. Mitchell Robinson's going to get a shit ton of minutes, too. Yeah. They're going to run. He runs his stars ragged. We know that. He plays them 40-plus minutes a night. So yeah. Maybe he's changed. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think Tibbs has changed, but maybe yes. The biggest question mark for me is who steps up. We mentioned R.J. Barrett. We mentioned Obi Toppin. Kevin Knox. He hasn't done anything no. in his first two years there. Didn't he win Summer League MVP? And then I can't just... remember. He was I he might not have won MVP, but he lit it up in the summer league uh, his first year, and it was like, oh, maybe this was a good pick, and oh, he lie. just kind of hasn't done. They had a chance to take Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, and they, they took, took Kevin, Kevin Knox, Knox, and I laughed at that pick, and especially for yeah. a team that knew they weren't going to be good, why not take a chance on Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, like, and of course Denver snags him up. <laughs> yeah, what's worse is going to happen. Like yeah. if he doesn't pan out, <laughs> Kevin Knox doesn't pan out. Yeah, like, that's. It is what it is, but... It's just what the Knicks do. It's what the Knicks do. Sorry, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> tough. Tough love. Tough it's luck. hard. I mean, I don't know if the Knicks are ever going to figure anything out until Jim Dolan's gone, so... Sell the team, Dolan. Yeah, he won't sell the team. Sell the team. way too full of himself. Sell the fucking team. But, you, you know, it would be nice to see the Knicks do something, just because, you know, it's the New York Knicks. They're such a huge brand... You want the Knicks to do well. Like even as a Raptors fan, I want to see the Knicks get better. Just because I they're I don't. Just because they're the New York Knicks, like it's hard to see such an iconic franchise be so dog shit for so many years. Love seeing New York suck, because then the media just yeah. gets a. It's tough being show. in the media capital of the world, yeah, the mecca for real, and then the Orlando Magic, who pretty much did nothing this off season. Draft Cole Anthony. They lose DJ Augustine, so basically yeah. a one for one trade off. It's the same team, yeah. pretty much. Who steps up? Is it Fultz? 
Yeah. Is it Cole Anthony? Aaron Gordon, figure it out. Obamba, Jonathan Isaac. They have good pieces. They just unfortunately Isaac's going to be out for a while though. Because yeah, with his ACL. Yeah, his ACL. Which is a big loss because he's a very, very. He's good one of the defender. best defenders in the league. Yeah, it's. But I, I mean, this is a team. I mean, they finished seventh last year. I don't yeah. think they finish higher wins. than tenth this year. They might squeak one of those playing seeds, but at best, that's where yeah, they sit. That's their ceiling. It's the same team, um, barring barring injuries. This yeah. team's a eight seed, maybe mm-hmm. at most, unless Vucevic just starts tearing up the league. But mm-hmm. I have them finishing eleventh. I could see them as high as like eight or nine, as low as like thirteen. Yeah, but not much really to say about the Magic. It's the same team. I like Terrence Ross on that team, though, yeah, off the Terrence bench. Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, they have a couple good veteran pieces. Aaron Gordon, they just... They haven't done anything. No, it's just like... They're stuck. Yeah. They're kind of stuck in mediocrity. They're in... Yeah, they're in that, you know, Jimmy Butler Bulls section where they just finish low playoff seed. They never get a high pick, mm-hmm. so you never get a great player. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep being a first round out over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. So... We'll see. Sure. That's probably going to be what happens again, whether it's as a play-in team or they might not even make the playoffs because teams in the East are starting to consistently get better and they're just stagnating. Yeah, they're just mere level. They're the same. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Pretty active offseason. Mm-hmm. They uh, get Seth Curry. They get Dwight Howard. get Danny Green. They trade Horford out of there, which is a big W. Mm-hmm. They trade Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. Brett Brown's out of there, and Doc Doc Rivers is the new Glenn man Rivers. in town. <laughs> Daryl Morey's there doing Brett. We know Daryl Morey loves superstars, so they're going to... Ellen Brand is yeah. still there making all these deals, trying to trust the process still. Yeah. On paper, this is a very good team, but like we said the last couple years, it's what you do in the postseason, and the big question mark for me is... It's this Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid situation. Is it going to work? <laughs> can they stay healthy yeah. consistently? Embiid hasn't been healthy consistently. Ben Simmons is coming off that knee injury in the bubble. It It's not going to harm him this year, I don't think. But it's going to be weird to see what happens. Um, I, I think the only way this team works is if Ben Simmons gets a jumper. Yeah, that's, and, that's why they added a ton of shooting this yeah. offseason. Because I, I just, I, unless one of those guys can become a consistent shooter, I mean, Embiid shoots them, but he's not a great shooter. Yeah. Simmons doesn't even really shoot them. So it's a shooter's league at this point. Like, yeah. you can't have two superstars that can't shoot. And I just, I don't know. I think you need to make a decision and pick one to build around. That's I'm, I made a prediction at the beginning of last year saying, this will be the last year, or last season will be the last year that Embiid Simmons play together. And clearly they still want to make it work in Philadelphia. That's why they added so much shooting. You do have Furcon Kortmaz, who's a lights-out shooter, but horrible defender. Mm-hmm. you got Mike Scott, another great shooter, horrible defender. Danny Green, Seth Curry, Shake, they're all the same. <laughs> Shake Milton. Shake Milton. The only non-shooter in that team is Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. And he's just there to grab some boards and... Clean up some minutes if Embiid is either in foul trouble, needs a break, or God forbid he gets injured again. But 
for my ceiling for the Sixers, I would say a four, five, four, four or five best. seed. Yeah, I have them finishing sixth. Hmm. But I, I mean, anywhere from four to six, I could see them. I just think that you know they always have some injuries. They always have some issues in the regular season. They never finish as high as we think they're going to. So yeah. that's why I have them sixth. We'll see what happens. Uh, I do. This is the one team I do want to see do well because I love Embiid on that team. Tobias Harris, not a great contract, but no. could have signed Jimmy Butler. Signed yeah. Tobias Harris. <laughs> Tough luck. I do like Matisse Thybulle on this team though. Yeah, uh, he's a great defender. He's a great three and D player, and mm-hmm. he's 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 one guy in NBA Two K I want to trade for every time. Yeah. So I want that three and D player, yeah. young three D player that I can develop and. That's a good piece for them. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. And this team's in a weird spot, in my opinion. Because this looking at this roster, it's it's mediocre. It really is mediocre. It's a bunch of it's a mix of veterans and some young players. They add Baines, they add Landon Bembry. Yeah. They obviously lose Gasol and Ibaka, but... I mean, Gasol was terrible. Yeah. Not mad about losing Gasol. Ibaka hurts, but you get Baines, who probably won't play all of Ibaka's minutes, but I think Boucher is going to get a huge minutes boost this year, most likely. Yeah, so um, will, so will Powell and Ter- yeah. Terrence Davis will get some And Terrence minutes. Davis was a great addition last year. Mm-hmm. Powell's always going to play well. Like, he's got his ceiling, but he always plays hard, and he always... Yeah. Like, I love Norman Powell on this team. I still think... I don't think they're a top, top team in the East, but no, that I can still was... see them finishing any like as high as like fourth in the East, potentially. Yeah. Just because they're always good in the regular season. Um, I got them finishing yeah. sixth or seventh place. A high, maybe, a high maybe five, maybe. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, like I have them finishing four, but I have them getting bounced by the Heat in the first round. It's not a bad starting five: Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, Siakam, Baines. Mm-hmm. You can put Powell in there whenever you want, but if oh. OG takes another step, if Boucher takes another step, if Siakam takes another step, yeah, Siakam you know, they the, could be. He's the big question mark yeah. this year. You know, he came out and he said that he didn't feel like himself in the bubble and that he's really disappointed in himself. And that he wants to make up for it this year, so I'm hoping that that plays out how he says it's going to. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because he was yeah. terrible in the playoffs. Going from the number two on a championship team just a year ago to being the goat in the worst way mm-hmm. in that Boston series, they just shut him down, and he couldn't do anything. No, he couldn't. And now they get to play in Tampa Bay this year because of the all the COVID restrictions, yeah. so they're already. At a bit of a disadvantage, they're already down in Tampa, getting yeah. ready to play. But I think this will bring the team closer together. Nick Nurse yeah. always finds a way to get the best out of yeah, everyone. Yeah, I. That's part of the reason that I keep the Raptors at four this year is just Nick Nurse is such a great coach. Him and Brad Stevens do a very good job of highlighting their players' strengths and well hiding their players weaknesses and making their strengths just that much stronger Mm -hmm. they do a very good job of scheming in that with their players with their lineups yeah it's um they're both such excellent coaches it's why i can never count either of those teams out watching that boston toronto series was like 
This is a coaching clinic. That was a game of chess. <laughs> yeah. Nurse would go to box and one on Campbell Walker, which yeah. would basically is like anyone but Walker and Tatum beat yeah. us, and they got all the threes in the world. And then Brad Seun said anyone but Siakam beat us. And yeah. Yeah, it was a good coaching clinic for sure. I want the Raptors to do well, obviously. Big mm-hmm. Raptors fan, but their, I, their window... Yeah. of a contender is up. I but. think absolute best they win one playoff series, but even then that's a stretch. Yeah, especially if they play they finish sixth or seventh and yeah. have to play at Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Even a Philly would be a very tough Well that's the thing. I think and Boston. Whoever they play, if they finish, you know, even if they finish fourth, they're probably gonna be playing Miami or seventy sixers or somebody like that. And yeah. it's just gonna be It'll be tough. Yeah, I, I think that's their ceiling maybe squeak out a first round playoff series but no. probably bounced in the first round for sure for sure and now we'll wrap up the east with a team we've already talked about the wizards coming off a ninth place finish had a really bad bubble because beal wasn't there yeah they have russ now and walls out of there Re- reunited with scott brooks mm-hmm. they have denny avdia there they stole him at nine. Yeah, I think he'll fit well with that team. And well, it's going to be interesting because yeah. their starting lineups are probably going to be Russ and Beal, which is like their two vets, and then Bertans, Bertans and Hachimura maybe, and then, and then Thomas Bryant, yeah. and then probably like Avdi off the bench. They have a couple more pieces off the bench. They're not a super deep team, is kind of no. their issue. But with Russ and Beal, they should be a playoff team. Yeah, like at least in that. In that play in, and then in those playing games, your talent wins yeah. those games. In a one-game show, you... That's what I mean. I, I think I have them finishing seventh, which would put them against, like, Charlotte or Orlando or something in a play-in game, or yeah. even, like, a Chicago, and they're probably going to stomp them. And then, you know, they're going to run into Brooklyn, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you know, Boston, one of those teams, and they're not going to be able to get out of the first round, but... yeah. I, I, there's no way that a team that Russ is on does not make the playoffs. For sure. We'll see what happens with them. I can't see them finishing higher than seven, honestly. I think, yeah, I think Just with the six talent. or seven absolute cap. Just with the talent in the Eastern Conference now, it's mm-hmm. it's more of a juggernaut now than it used to be once upon a time. But It yeah. depends. If somehow, some way, Beal and Westbrook find a way to just mesh together perfectly, they could go on some magical run, but... I just can't see it happening. No. Well, yeah, that wraps up our preview of the Eastern Conference. Um, basically, standings-wise, seems like Pay and I agree of where everyone's going to finish. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, round out top four, top five. Mm-hmm. Toronto in there, Indiana. Miami. Yep. Kind of rounded yeah. up the kind of rounded up the top eight, and then we've got our. Uh, Shitty teams, New York, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much that's what we've got. And next week we're going to preview Western Conference, which I'm excited for because that is going to be a gauntlet just to get to. Even with 10 teams, there's going to be a couple teams where you're like, they probably should have been in. <laughs> exactly. Well, now we're going to segue into the NFL. And we're going to just recap week 12 pretty quick. And my boys in New England, yeah, ugly fucking win, but That's, got the job done because I look at that more of a bad loss for the Cardinals than a big win for the Pats for sure. Ugly they, win, uh, ugly win, yeah. But 
that's a game the Cardinals have to win. And they, they're a young team, so they seem to have a habit of playing down to teams that they should beat, which, you know, young teams tend to do. Situ- so they need yeah. to figure that out. Situationally, they were bad. They had a fourth and goal on the one with about three seconds left in the first half. Mm-hmm. They're up three. They had the ball start the second half, so they can take the points. Yeah. Go to halftime, you got the ball again. You've been moving the ball pretty well in that game. They try to run it. They get stopped. Yeah. They give the Patriots momentum, and then an interception later, they trail. Then they miss a field goal at the end of the game, and yeah. then I think they, uh, I think they were looking ahead to this week a little bit. They got a yeah, big game so. against the Rams, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna beat the Patriots. Let's worry about the Rams." And you I know, that's so. something that young teams do. And then, for sure, you know, you go up against a team like New England, they're always gonna be well game planned. So it's a big game this week for both teams, especially Arizona. Now that yeah. San Fran and Minnesota are breathing right down their necks. And then the biggest shock of the week, the Raiders. Holy crap. Yeah. That's 43. Uh, 43 to 6. They could not hold on to the football that game, and that was just a massive letdown yeah. game. Thank goodness they play the Jets this week because mm-hmm. like, film, like, after that game, film like garbage, and now you get to go play the Jets. To, now you. You want to kick their ass now, and they're not going to have Josh Jacobs, I believe, this week, and I yeah. think he's out. I mean, yeah, they're it's tough loss, but they have a, literally a free win on their schedule this week, so which they need, yeah, since they're on the outside looking in right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a that's a tough loss, not just to lose, but to lose in that fashion for is, sure is difficult for a team like that. So we'll be. It's their team to monitor for sure. You know, they could still squeak a playoff spot, but after that. My confidence is low. Yeah, that in our power ranking, uh, yeah, they're just say they're not in there anymore. Yeah, they're out of there. And then the Giants, it felt like a loss mm-hmm. really to the Bengals. They lose Daniel Jones with a hamstring injury. Now it's Colt McCoy's job. Payne yeah. was saying this was the this is the window for the Giants to take over the division. And now they're get dealt this hand. Now they have to go up to Seattle where they're getting better every weekend. Yeah, tough situation in New York. They're they're still improving as a team, but that's that's gonna that's gonna hurt them for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's um the NFC East just keeps being the NFC East. Yeah. It's a it's a tough situation in there for sure. Yeah. And then the Titans, like I predicted, they go into Indianapolis and I didn't think it was gonna be a blowout, but Derrick Henry ran all over them. I think a part of that is because DeForest Buckner was not playing, and he's one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles yeah. in the league, and they definitely missed him. Rivers yeah. was... No Buckner, no Taylor. Rivers no, inconsistent, and after that game, I have the Titans as the clear number three in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. They're they the, should finish three. Depending on Buffalo's situation, but... That was a great win for the Titans going into a Cleveland matchup that we'll talk about in a little bit. Another game that I wanted to point out, the 49ers. Yeah. They always play the Rams really tough. I was not expecting this. No, after that's a bad loss for the Rams against Nick Mullins. Like, my most consistent team, the NFC, just got shit on, and Goff was a turnover. A quarterback. Goff had four turnovers that game, yeah. and that was that was that was all kinds of bad for the Rams. 
I know they only lost by three, but that's just a game they can't lose. Nope. Especially and Yeah, you know, game. I had them fourth in my power rankings last week. You know, I, I thought they were consistent, and then 2020, no one's consistent, nope. so... Not at all. Unless you're the Steelers or the Chiefs, you're not a consistent team, so it's... Yeah. Pretty much. And then the Saints. The Saints. That was the worst game I've ever watched. <laughs> that was interesting, but yeah. Ken uh, Hinton, Hinton, one for nine, 13 yards, two picks. They lose help Lindsay in the, I think it was second and third quarter. Yeah. So, that was... Taysom Hill looked horrible. And, and they won 31-3. to Exactly. But <laughs> I think it's a trap game for the Saints this week against Atlanta. I'm actually picking the Falcons to win that game because I, that. I don't like what I'm seeing from Taysom Hill throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And this team, the way they're built right now, is not a team that's going to come from behind and win games. And No. Atlanta, Falcons are going to be feeling good after stomping the Raiders. Just bent them over. Jeez. But Atlanta is known for blowing leads. Yeah. But... Are they? Speaking of blowing leads, let's just skip over the Panthers and not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Big win for the Vikings. Not much to say there, honestly. It was a choke and a half by the Panthers, yeah, but it was tough to watch. Tough look. And then the Chiefs go into Tampa Bay, and this game looked like it had 45-3 to written all over it from the start. Tyree Kill had 200-plus yards in, in the, the first, first quarter. quarter yeah. Two touchdowns, ended up getting three. And 296 yards, I think he finished with. That's this ridiculous. game looked like it was going to get out of hand, and then it, I think the Chiefs just took the... Took their took, foot off the gas. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. basically what and they did. And then Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does and brings it all the way back. They couldn't finish it, but... I'm a little concerned about the Buccaneers right now, to be completely honest with you. People are saying, like, oh, give them time. They're going to figure it out. They've got an easy schedule. Yeah, looking at their schedule, realistically, they should run the table for the rest of the year. It's just whether or not, come playoff time, they really have this figured out. Yeah, like, they're going to be playing a road game for sure. They're not winning the division at this point. They've dug themselves. Three games back? Two and a half games back? Two and a half games back. They've dug themselves a big hole. I don't like what I'm seeing from them right now. They need to let Brady play as Brady played in New England. He's not a guy who's never been known to... Throw deep. No. The only time he did was when he had Randy Moss. And yeah. that had... was when he was in his prime. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have the same arm at 43 as he did at 30, you know? So it's just... It's, yeah. yeah, it's Bruce Arians wants more out of Tom than what Tom does. Tom is the greatest... For what he does, he's not a deep ball thrower. He's calculated and methodical, mm-hmm. and he'll just death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, hit just slants and drags and underneath routes and screens, and he'll just pick away at you, mm-hmm. and you won't know where he's gonna go with the ball. He'll hit anybody on the field. It's just yeah. he has so many weapons. You could just make this offense unstoppable, yeah. but. Bruce Arians is consistently wanting to just throw over the top, which is not what Brady does. Yeah, well, they're having to because they fall behind so quickly in games. It it seems like it's been a trend this year. They start out really slow in games, mm-hmm. especially the like Carolina game. They started out slow. The Saints game obviously got out of hand. The Chiefs game, uh, the Rams game, they kind of they're a little flat yeah. at times. 
they're really up and down team, which is why I'm concerned because this doesn't get figured out mm-hmm. after one game. But I give this team another year together, and then I know they'll figure it out. But this year just does not feel like it is their year in the NFC, at least when you've got teams like Seattle improving. A team like Green Bay that's going to be tough to beat. The Saints are going to be tough to beat mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Rams. It's we'll... definitely going to come down to who they play in the first round. Mm-hmm. And if they can get a little momentum, maybe they can figure it out. But yeah, it, it's they have four weeks of easy schedule now where they can try to figure this out. Yep. So they're we'll on see a, what happens. They're on a much needed buy this week. And then I... they have four... Very easy games. Yeah. Very winnable games at the very least. They should run the table for the rest of the year. They should. But Who knows? we'll see what happens. Exactly. And then Seattle, big win on Monday night. Wasn't the prettiest win, but no. their defense is looking better and better every week. They did what they should have done against the Eagles. They got to Wentz with yeah. that depleted offensive line. They forced turnovers. They really dominated the game. Yeah, Seattle's getting start. more consistent. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Seattle slowly too. figuring this out, I which come playoff time, that they need a defense. So it's nice that they're figuring this out. For sure. I guess let's look at week 13. I'm not even going to talk about that Ravens-Steelers game. You want to talk about Trace McSorley, the GOAT? Uh, that, was an <laughs> ugly, that was an ugly game. That was brutal. Yeah. yeah. Pittsburgh's undefeated, but doesn't it feel like doesn't no. feel like an undefeated team. No, 11-0. They take take it. I'm not buying it though. Yeah. But week 13, there's not many big games on the schedule. There's a couple small ones. The one that really stuck out to me was Cleveland and Tennessee. Yeah. Just because it's, it's for playoff. Playoff it's implications. For, yeah. I think Tennessee is gonna win pretty easily. They're favored by four and a half over Cleveland, which seems like not not like not, not much. I would probably take that. I would too. Um, Bet of the week. Tennessee minus four yeah, and a half. That's uh that's not a very big line. I don't know. Considering Cleveland's coming off with beating Jacksonville by two points, I think. So yeah. I, I just I'm I'm not a believer in Cleveland and I'm a believer in Tennessee, so I, I gotta pick Tennessee in that one. Well if Cleveland wins this week then no, That's then, a statement win if they can win yeah, this now, week. Yeah, uh, now now some eyes are gonna open up and I don't see them winning this week. The only way they win is if they can get Nick Chubb to just run it down their throat. Yeah, they can't but fall behind. It's hard because Tennessee can just come right back and run Derrick Henry down your throat. So exactly, be an interesting game for sure. Another interesting game. Another another couple teams in the AFC South, the Colts and the Texans. Colts mm-hmm. coming off that disappointing loss, and the Texans are riding really high. Deshaun <laughs> Watson is looking very good. Yeah, losing Will Fuller sucks, but yeah. he's still. Still doing well with what he yeah. has around him. Like, I mean, they made the lines look really bad. The lines are a mess right now, but they did make the lines look really bad. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're feeling good. This is a divisional game. This game the Colts have to win. So, it it's one to watch because, you know, Deshaun's going to want to beat the Colts. It's a divisional game. Yeah. So, we'll see which Phillip Rivers shows up again. <laughs> well, the Forrest Buckner back is going to help. Yeah. Is Jonathan yeah. Taylor back this week or no? I think he... Because that'd be big too. I think he is back this week as far as I know. Yeah. That would be huge because they need to run the ball in this offense because I'm not trusting Rivers throwing the ball 40 times because no. at least once or twice he's going to throw an interception. It happens Absolutely. every single game. 
And then the last game, really, I caught my eye was the Rams and the Cardinals. We yeah. kind of mentioned it before. This is a Two teams coming off bad losses that both need huge, a win desperately. Huge divisional game. Rams favored by three in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Give me... Oh, I don't even know. I'm taking the Rams in this one. I want to take the Rams, but I'm also looking at Jared Goff from last week, and I think I'm kind of eating my Sean words. Sean McVay will tweak it and figure it out and get it done. I'm eating my words right now when I said the Rams are the most consistent team. Yeah, that was a big. That was a that was a bit of a bold take, but. I just think the Rams are better coached, more veteran. You know, they're prepared for a big game like this. The Cardinals might feel a little like, we lost again. There's teams on our tail. You know, they're a young team. They might get a little all over the place. And just, I think the Rams will find a way to win this one. Kyler needs to get healthy. He's got a little bump shoulder right now. He was clearly not the same against New England. He did not look like himself. He didn't run the ball much at all. Don't know if that was just part of Belichick's defensive game plan or just Kyler Murray didn't, didn't want to take yeah. any hits which I went if I had a bum shoulder but yeah that's really about it for week 13 the only other team I want to mention is the Ravens they're in a downward spiral right now and it yeah. doesn't look like playoffs are going to be in the future yeah. unless they pull some wins out of their ass really well, quick got, they've had a positive covid test 10 days straight they said they found four i think different strains of covid in the locker room so it's not like it's all one big breakout it's separate breakouts it's yeah. different strains of covid so yeah. there are something's going on in there they're an absolute mess well, it sounds like they're gonna have lamar jackson back for tuesday's yeah. game against the Cowboys are going to have Mark Ingram back. And Calais Campbell back, which is that's like, that's huge. some big players, but. Calais Campbell is huge. Yeah. That is, I would argue that's as important as Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Just be, just because of what he brings on the defensive end. But yeah, let's re, let's end our podcast for today with our power rankings from so far through 12 weeks. I guess I will start. So at number 10. Newly entered in the power rankings for the first time, I have the Cleveland Browns. I am buying a bit of their stock. Mm-hmm. Landry finally had that breakout game that he desperately needed. Hopefully that gives him some confidence. Yeah. Um, Chubb and Hunt are the best running back combination in the NFL right now. It's It really isn't that close, to be honest. And this is a playoff team. And if they beat Tennessee this week, it's a big statement win, yeah. and they're going to be rising up in these rankings. Number nine, I have the Buccaneers. I liked their second half fight against the Chiefs. There's two inconsistent right now, which why I've mentioned I don't think this is their year, but it's still so much talent on this team. You cannot ignore it. I have the Rams at eight, a massive drop from three to eight. From this last week, you cannot lose to the Niners with how banged up they are. You cannot lose to a team when you you turn the ball over four times. And you have a three-point lead in the fourth quarter after coming all the way back, and then you blow it. You give up back-to-back field goals. That's a very disappointing loss. And that's why they fall to number eight. Seven, I have the Bills. They did what they had to do against the Chargers. They're a good football team. 
I can't remember who they played this week, but uh, I can't remember. But this it's their division to lose at this point, yeah. bar, barring a monumental collapse. But I have met seven. Six, I have the Packers. Rodgers showed out on uh, Sunday, and he was unbelievable. They are starting to figure it out a bit with their running game. They have Williams and Jones as their little running back duo. And if that can start improving, they're going to be a tough out. At five, I have the Seahawks. My stock is rising on the Seahawks really quick. They're improving every week. They're going to get Josh Gordon week 16, which is another weapon for Wilson. Mm -hmm. And their defense is getting healthy. Jamal Adams is looking like one of the best safeties in the NFL once again. He's seems like he's involved in every single play. Carson's back. Carlos Hyde is back. Yeah, huge game. He looked really good against Philly. That run he had mm-hmm. was impressive. Number four, I have Tennessee. I've made it pretty clear that this is my third team in the AFC, and this is a team that I don't think the Chiefs or Steelers want to play at this moment. They run the ball. They use their play action well with A.J. Brown, with Corey Davis. They've got the weapons around him. They're almost unstoppable in the red zone because you've got Henry in goal-to-go situations. It's impossible to stop him. You can run play action. We've seen multiple times Tanhill do a read option and just run in. He's athletic enough yeah. to do that. And their and defense is a receiver in college. Of course, he's athletic yeah. enough. People forget that all the time. Defense is improving as well. Three, I have the Saints. They're best team in the NFC right now. I'm not buying the stock on Taysom Hill right now. Yeah, they need Breeze back. Yeah, they need to get Michael Thomas involved more. They need their receivers. Kamara hasn't really done much the last couple weeks. It's been more Latavius Murray, which has been good because now they have a legit running game. Number two, the Steelers with a massive asterisk because they're – they're undefeated, but it doesn't feel like they're undefeated. It's hard because they just keep winning games, so it's like... You have to put them up there because yeah. they're winning games. Like, if they go undefeated, like... Yeah, I can't take that away from any yeah. team to go undefeated or, or go 15-1. and one. Like, that's yeah. still an Even unreal... If, whether you're winning ugly or winning by a huge margin, you're still winning games, and that's exactly. tough to do against anybody. Exactly. And then Chiefs, number one, it's it's not even close. They're still the best team in the NFL, and barring, yeah. barring injury, barring... COVID outbreak, this team is destined to repeat, repeat. in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, all right, well, I will do mine. Uh, at 10, I have the Bucks. Can't knock them out. They seem to be in a bit of a weird spiral right now, but I like I said, they have a bye this week, and they have four easy games. They have time to figure this out. I can't take them out of the top 10. They're just, they're still the Bucks. They're a good team, so they'll figure it out. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> not this year, at least. Maybe not. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Um, at 9, I have the Bills. You know, they're 8-3. and three. I still don't know how I feel about them. But they're winning games. They should win the division. I mean, Miami could sneak it out potentially, but with all the issues with Tua having more injuries now with his toe and stuff, it's just... Uh, the Bills are more consistent at this point. Yeah. Um, so I have them nine. Uh, at eight, I have the Rams. Another big drop. Mm-hmm. I had them four, but losing to the Niners, you just can't do that. 
that's a bad loss for them. I do, like I said, I think they bounce back and beat the Cardinals this week, but that's a bad loss, and they need to figure it out fast. Offensively, yeah. Defensively, yeah. I'm not worried about. No, them defensively, not a worry at all. It's just offensively, they've been a little bit inconsistent, but most teams have been this year. Yeah. But they should get back on track this week. They'll figure it out. Um, at seven, I have the Colts. Still believe in the Colts. I I still think they're a great team. I still think that they should be top ten. I think that they lost to a really good team in Tennessee when, with having injuries. And I still think that I would put them fourth in the AFC right now. Uh, I'm just going to make a quick comment because I was so high on them last week. I had them like a 3A, 3B with the Titans. Mm-hmm. I've dropped my stock on them. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't. I'm losing my faith in Phillip Rivers. They are a good football team, but I just... I can't see Philip Rivers leading this team. I don't trust him. I That's never fair. will trust him. I personally just do not like Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. No, I, don't, I don't know. I think that you mentioned it's the one thing holding him back, and I just, I'm not sold on them. And I, I like their team overall minus him, but yeah. I'm not sold on them this year. But That's fair. Nope, that's totally fair. I give you that. I still, I don't put a whole lot of stock in them losing to the Titans because I think the Titans are a great football team. So that's just why I still have them in. If they were to yeah. lose to Houston this week, my stock on them is probably gone. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see with that. Mm-hmm. Um, at six, I have the Packers as well. Um, I think that, you know, Rodgers had a great game this week. They bounced back from losing that overtime game. They're still a good team in the NFC. Like, there's no... There's not a whole lot to say about the Packers right now. We just kind of waiting and seeing come playoff time what team shows up, I guess. Yeah. But we know they're going to be there, so um at 5 I have the Seahawks. They're figuring things out, which is what I like to see. I I love Russell Wilson. I just I want him to succeed so bad cuz he just deserves it. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he's less um you know, they're using him a little less now. They they have Carson back. The defense is getting better. He doesn't have to be the one-man army that he was at the start of this year. Yeah, That bodes well for the Seahawks in the playoffs, especially not having to rely entirely on Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, at four, I have the Titans. I think that they're now that team in the AFC that's right there with the Steelers and uh, the Chiefs. If they played the Steelers this week, I'd probably pick them. But, you know, the Steelers just keep finding ways to win, so I can't quite get fully on board until I see the Steelers maybe start losing a couple of games. <laughs> Doesn't look like it's going to happen for at least another yeah. week or so. Yeah. Um, and then at three, I have the Saints. They're clearly the best team in the NFC right now. They just keep finding ways to win games. Every time we say team's good, though, they... They go and lose the very yeah. next yeah. week. So, and I think the Saints. Like you are said, they could lose to the Falcons this week, and it wouldn't shock me either. I do um, think they're going to lose. Yeah. So right now, you have to look at them as the top team in the NFC. Yeah. They're the number one seed. They're nine and two. They've won, I believe, eight games in a row at this point. So yeah. It's just they're that team right now. We'll see what happens the next couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Steelers. They're undefeated. They keep winning games. Can't really put them lower than two because they're undefeated. But you also can't put them one because the Chiefs are by far the best team in football. 
There is not a doubt they have been number one on my power rankings every single week we've done this. It probably won't change. Even if they were to slip up and lose a game, I don't think I'd drop them below one, depending on how bad the loss was. But I just, I think that at this point, they're just waiting for the playoffs. And they're probably going to stomp everybody in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But the Chiefs are far and away the best team in football right now. This might be the best football team. And this is a Patriots fan saying this. This might be the best team I have ever seen. Over the 07 Patriots. That's the one team <laughs> that lost to a wild card team. A red hot wild card team. <laughs> like that is Chiefs team. You need so many things to go your way to beat the Chiefs. You need to get Mahomes to turn the ball over which doesn't really a couple, happen. <laughs> a couple times. You need to shut down Tyreek Hill or, or Kelsey, which does not happen. Yeah, if you're shutting down one, the other's going to get yeah. 200 plus yards potentially like yeah, you can't really double team both guys you know you need to run the ball on them because if you can't then you're not you can't keep Mahomes off mm-hmm. the field I don't know I, like, I compare this team with the 07 Patriots they're both very different Yeah, but kind of the same to an extent I think the Patriots defense was a lot better because they had the boys like Asante Samuel, Rodney Harrison, Gerard Ty Mayo, Law. all those boys. I don't think Ty Law was on that team. Was he not on that team? I don't think so. I remember Rodney Harrison being on that team. He was a monster. They had Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork. That was a fucking good, oh, Vince Wilfork. good team. But I look at the Chiefs this year, and it's this definitely the best team I've seen since that 07 Patriots, in my honest opinion. They're, they're just unstoppable. They don't seem to have a weakness. And like even if their defense isn't quite the best defense we've seen, you can't stop them on offense. So all their defense needs to do is get a couple of stops, and they're going to win the game. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that that's going to wrap up our week for the Loose Balls podcast. Yeah. Next week we're going to talk about the Western Conference yeah. in, the, in, in the NBA I'm excited for that yeah, because probably going to be similar to this episode, just with the Western Conference instead of the Eastern Conference. So yeah, we're getting very close to the start of the NBA. The schedules come out, the Christmas yeah. schedule. I'm excited for. I'm just. What is it 17 days from today? Yeah, December 22nd. Second is. The I'm first so happy day. I get Christmas basketball. That's, oh, I know. That's my favorite thing on Christmas is Christmas basketball. That is literally my favorite thing as well. No Toronto, unfortunately, but whatever. They never get a Christmas game. It's fine. (laughs) We get basketball. But yeah, till next week, thank you very much for listening. Bye.